Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio from River Road Studios in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is brought to you by the Herbal Nerd Society. The Herbal Nerd Society is a collection of really awesome, cool people. Really? You always <laughs> they really say are. that. I, think, I always I think say you say that. Awesome and cool. It's so funny you, you say that every time. Because they are. They're really cool people. Yes, I we love well, the Herbal Nerd Society. I, I appreciate them because they keep us on our toes and they make me a better um, web person. I get that all the time. So mm-hmm. They make me smile. You know, they And they help us. They, they support this, which in turn supports us to do this. So yeah. it's a nice, uh, it's, nice it's, give and take. It's a, our little exclusive club that... That we have that is four ninety nine a month, mm-hmm. uh, and you get exclusive articles. People have said several times, "Well, I tried to read your article, but it it said I had to be a member." I'm like that one did, yeah. yeah. So you might want to become a member, sweetheart, because you, clearly you know what you're missing here, don't you? Yeah. So, but that helps us pay our bills, and it's a really cheap way to to get an herbal education. I can tell you that you ain't gonna get that somewhere else. Too right. Yeah. Too right. All right. And Hunter Creation, graphic design and website designers, putting your marketing ideas to life, whether that's business cards or brochures or a rocking new website, they can help you out. Contact them at huntercreation.com. Get healthy now with Candice. Get healthy now with Candice is my clinical herbal practice. I work with folks near and far. I can do distance consults using... um, Zoom. Zoom, Zoom meetings. Zoom, 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 Zoom meetings. And um, yeah, if you're looking for help and inspiration and would like to get healthy, give me a call. Right on. All right. Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is an integrated health free clinic right here in Lane County, Oregon. Uh, we are a 501c3 and we are located at 1717 Centennial Suites 4 and 7. And you can donate to us any any time because we are uh, our, we'll give you a tax receipt. And check us out at occupy-medical.org. Ace High Heat Graphics. Custom and printed uh, T-shirts or hats, any kind of apparel. You want to put your logo or message on something for your group or organization, they can help you out. Contact them at acehighheatgraphics.com. And Sierra Lupe Herbal, herbal Consulting. Consulting is my own little herbal thing. And uh, I also do um, uh, distance and in-tone consulting. And my specialty is on chronic illnesses. And I work with uh, medication. And uh, uh, it's just kind of fun to do. So that's what I do. There you have it. So how do you get a hold of me? You go Sierra Lupe, herbalconsulting at gmail.com. All right. Don't forget that we're on the social networks. We're on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Yes, we at the we hashtag, are. the Back to Herbalist. Plus, we already have an Instagram page as well. Yep. Uh, I believe we are on the Twitter. We are. We on are. On the Twitter. We are the Twitterist. Yes. Uh, yes, we are on we Twitter are. as well. So if you want to reach out to us, we are there and we will join in in conversations. I know Sue, you're really active on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like the podcast and have been a long-time listener or first-time listener and really like it, nothing helps us out better than a review. Yes. Please send us a review. We would love to hear more. All right, with all that, it's time for the show. It's show 173, the Herb Lab episode. We're going to rehash and retalk about licensure with uh, Nicole Telkesh from 
last week's uh, podcast. And it was a pretty contentious, contentious discussion, actually. I thought that, um, I think, Sue, you were surprised that, um, that Nicole was not a so, um, uh, proponent of it. And Candace was, hey, I got another one. So it was, just, <laughs> so it was kind of interesting to, to hear and, and uh, all the different opinions about licensure and some of the feedback that we've even you know, received in uh, email. So, without further ado, here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Whoa, here we go, 173. Clear yeah. like Oil and water with you two. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was oil and water, but we definitely have different approaches and that's he called okay. us oily water no oil oh, and water not oily yeah. and water. well i thought it was interesting because i think candace you had an uh predisposed notion like vinegar predisposed notion that nicole would be pro licensure and then she wasn't and i think sue it seemed like you thought she would be and mm-hmm. then she wasn't yeah so it, I, I watched both your facial Going expressions blink. you're like what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, truthfully, Sue, you and Nicole are better friends. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not part of that relationship or part of that crowd or group. So I just made this assumption that because oh, y'all all my friends out, are the same. Well, no, because you guys <laughs> hang out and you both have similar opinions about quite a few things. Right. Sure. That this would be just another one. And I was walking into thinking, oh, great. I have They're such a hard gang time. up on me. I have a hard time articulating my gut feelings on things. And oh, most oh, everything is contrary feeling for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, I usually I have a hard time. Patrick gets angry at me because I have gut gut feelings and I go with them and he's like you don't back them up with fact I'm like no I don't mm-hmm. a lot of times I just roll with it because my gut's usually right hmm. like there haven't been any times I can say in my lifetime where when I've had that gut feeling that it's been wrong it's hmm. always played out to be right you better be knocking on some wood well I don't need to because I know it's right and I just follow it but yeah. I also don't necessarily get a lot of people on my side because they're like I'm not following your old gut Mm -hmm. (laughs) like well you know it may be stinky at times but it works for me (laughs) oh candace stinky guts hunter (laughs) she she doesn't have a lot of science backing backing her but it turns out you know 10 years and it's always like 10 years later we're like oh come to find out Mm -hmm. candace's gut was pointing in the correct direction Mm. the safe direction the one we didn't go in and we wish we had oh boy (laughs) we shall see we'll see i i feel like the discussion was a, a hefty one. It is. And I enjoyed hearing the other perspectives. Yeah. You know, because I'm so entrenched in a, a licensure game, mm-hmm. as it were, with yeah. the, working with the clinic. And for listeners that don't know, I, I ha- work at a free clinic with doctors and nurses as an herbalist. Mm-hmm. And I'm also the clinic manager. So I have to be in both fields and because I've been doing it since 2011 this kind of operation then it just feels natural to me it doesn't feel bizarre but I know for realsies that it's a weird thing there aren't Mm -hmm. very many people doing what I do in the United States right yeah so you know it's it's just like well this is just what's going to happen this is our destiny look at all these people that were healed yeah you know because we worked with a, a doctor a nurse uh, 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 EMT, you know, the whole, the holistic perspective, herbalism, nutrition, the, everything we, we gave every type of, 
of healing options to folks. And of course it, it helped. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, that's, that, that's just the way things should be in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, but that's, that's a weird thought and it's scary. Anytime you're changing a system, my gosh, it's, you're, there's always that terror that if you change one part of it, then you're going to lose some of the real basic things that are helpful. Right. And I, I, I understand that. I, I don't like change. I hate mm-hmm. change. You know, I'm really good at just stay the course, steady your horses, just keep on going. We've yeah. noticed that about you. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Just keep, keep, keep doing the same thing. If it's doing good, that's fantastic. But I just see so many people get hurt with the systems that we have now. Yeah. I don't think we got the option anymore. No, how we, we do we it. Need, we the... need to change the system. The question is just how do we change it? Right. I mean, there are a lot of doctors who have who don't get to practice the, the way they want to because of the system that we have now. Yes, they're heartbroken. And I think that on the non-licensure side, it's people saying, we don't want to end up in that boat. We mm-hmm. don't want to lose the parts of our practice that are most soulful and dear to us. Mm-hmm. We've already seen what capitalism and medicine for profit does. And that's yep. what, that we don't want to integrate with that system. That's right. We want to change that system so it can integrate with us. Capitalism and medicine does not mix. Yeah. Just yeah. like capitalism and justice does not mix. You right. should not have all the justice you can afford. Right. Or all the health you can afford. Right. It's just a human right. Right. Yeah. 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 So I think that's really the crux of it is it's the concern over not so much that we don't want high standards. It's, well, when you start getting regulations involved, then you're also starting to talk about capitalism and money. Mm-hmm. And money gets to make the decision. And right. That's not going to create health. It hasn't yet. Yeah. So why do we think it's going to do it somehow in the magical future? Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like so, we're, we're talking about a way of changing things that's more much deeper than just adding a license yeah. option for folks. Yeah. And I think the license is the surface detail, but it, it really is symbolic of something much, much bigger. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why it's such a contentious topic mm-hmm. in our field. Yep. Yeah, we did have a person that um, uh, sent us an um, e- e- email. It's a, a message. Well, we also got it through the um, Herbal 101 oh, okay. question. I just forgot to print that out. Okay. So, <laughs> but yeah, from Kylie Putnam. Yeah. From and Canada. Yeah. Do we, we got it from the interwebs. The, the interwebs, interwebs yeah. yes. Yes. So um, can, can you talk about, while I'm looking for that email right now, would you talk about your your definition of what clinical herbalism looks like? Yeah, that was, well, that's, I mean, that's a separate topic that isn't related necessarily to Kylie's comments. But mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that is part of the discussion of licensure and the way our field is evolving is the question of what is a clinical herbalist? And I think we have many different definitions currently. Very true. And I think it ranges everything from, you know, some people think that because you recommended a plant to someone that makes you a clinical herbalist. Mm -hmm. And I think that's not really accurate anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, there may have been a time when that still, you know, 20, 30 years ago when herbalism was in its serious infancy, 
maybe that actually really was, you know, some of our herbal people, um, greats, famous herbalists now, like Margie Flint or Jim McDonald or Thomas Easley may have started off that simply, Rosemary Gladstar, you know, I mean, many of them probably did a very long time ago, but that was before people knew what the word herb meant. Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember being a child and and we didn't know what the word herb meant. It was a foreign word to us. You know, uh-huh. I mean, and my mom got a book and, you know, explored this book. idea and planted a little herb garden. Mm-hmm. And the plants were gorgeous and mm-hmm. lovely and we didn't really use them. Well, but they were there and they were pretty. Uh, 20 years ago when I was studying to get into the herbal field, the term that people threw around was medical herbalism. Mm-hmm. And they that was juxtaposed with traditional herbalism. So it was just right. the I, idea was that there are herbalists that are, their pursuit is more um, chemistry and anatomy based rather than the humors or mm-hmm. um, the elements or a, a spiritual practice that they may have their own spiritual practice on their, um, themselves, but that's not, they don't incorporate that except as a baseline mm-hmm. for the, for healing. Right. And that was, of course, I was all over that one. Right. <laughs> so yeah, folks like David Hoffman mm-hmm. would yes. have been a medical herbalist. Yeah, Jan uh, Stansberry, Dr. Jen Stansberry and uh, Tori uh, Hudson, Dr. Yeah. yeah. Is so it was, David Hoffman? David Winston. Uh, there's, there's, my, oh man, there's. Why is my. I can see uh, David the, Hoffman is um, one of the people that I would say influenced me in what is now clinical herbalism. I tore through his books. Yeah, I think it was one oh of his gosh. books. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. But yeah. Winston's another name that probably comes up with regard to that too, I would bet. David Winston. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. There are some amazing herbalists out there mm-hmm. that just oh, been... Yeah. They really, I look at all, I'm writing down, for those in the audience, I'm writing down all of these names to later put into the show notes. Um, but I'm looking at them and I I feel like I'm in so much debt to all of these people um, for teaching me different ways of uh, healing other folks. Right. Because of course, yeah. it's just, it's such an honor to be able to be in that position and you don't want to take an honor for granted. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, really humbled by that. But yeah, it's just a, a different way of doing it. And some people are more open with their own spiritual spirituality than than I am. I don't I don't like talking about it in public. <laughs> no, right. not that I'm ashamed. I just feel like yeah. ugh. That's that's under the turtle shell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't normally get asked about it. Yeah. I'm not against talking about it, but mm-hmm. People don't ask, and I figure, yeah, don't ask, don't tell. It's a proper culture with regard to that. Right. I don't want to hear about other people's spirituality sometimes. Right. And sometimes I get more of that than I like. Yeah. That's a a different (laughs) podcast. That is a very different one. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine, herbalist um, named Rebecca from Palmer Ponds Botanicals out east, and I love her. She's got such a wonderful approach. And she said, you know, the difference between, she said, she's, she told me, she's like, I'm relieved to be able to send people to clinical herbalists. She doesn't, she's a really great herbalist, Mm -hmm. um, but she doesn't practice clinical herbalism. And she does know exactly what it is to be in clinical practice. She's a therapist. 
So she's got that as a clinical practice, mm-hmm. but she's like, no, I can send people to people like she sends people to like Margie, for instance, mm-hmm. when she need when they want to talk to a clinical herbalist. And she said her definition, you know, just the the very simplistic version of it is, do you have an intake form? If you have an intake form that you're using, in essence, in essence, I read that as you're keeping paperwork. Right. Then that is the beginning of a clinical practice right there. Mm-hmm. When someone pops into your shop or stops by your house and says, hey, I've got these symptoms and what do you recommend? And you, you say, oh, well, you know, maybe we try this here. You know, here's a bag of herbs and sends you off. Mm-hmm. That's not really clinical herbalism. That might be a community herbalism, and that might be sharing herbalism Mm -hmm. of some sort. A village herbalist is another word I've heard thrown around a lot. Yeah, I think that's a really good, and there's an important place for folks who do that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. There are people that would prefer to have a quick consult. They don't really want paperwork. They don't care. Mm-hmm. And they aren't going to necessarily. They have a cough. Yeah, they have, well, they have whatever or their whatever. issue is. They yeah. have, you know, insomnia, whatever. Mm-hmm. You spend 10 or 15 minutes talking with them and you can narrow down to a likelihood of which herbs are most likely to be helpful to them and, and suggest you don't see them. them again. Yeah, it's send them on their care way. style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, they. They may never, you may never see them again. There may be no follow-up or they might show up a year later and say, oh, yeah, you know, I I went to um, the big herbal retailer online and just kept making that formula you made for me. It was mm-hmm. great. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And now I've got this wart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you helped me out with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but you didn't need to keep a formula for it. You're not really keeping data on it mm-hmm. and you don't need to write a case study and you're not going to be talking to your colleagues about them. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a clinical practice, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's a less than practice. Right. Just uh, smaller it's and different. you have a much better memory yeah. than I do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, mean, and I have, we've seen like 9,000 patients. Mm-hmm. At Occupy Medical, I cannot possibly no. remember all of those people. I'm sure there's no. a person out there that would be. But great there's a certain amount of paperwork that you have on oh, each gosh, one of yes. those. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. when they when they come through the door, I've got the clipboard and yep. paper right on there, and I can see what their their blood pressure is, their vitals, mm-hmm. um, some of the history. Yes, and it probably also includes things like consent forms. Of course, yes, you you which bet. The HIPAA, clinical, blah, blah. clinical herbalist. Even though not at all. we are not currently governed by governed by HIPAA, you should have consent forms in that style. Mm-hmm. And as a clinical herbalist myself, I, I treat my consults as being, you know, sacred. You don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't speak of what goes on in consult, mm-hmm. even if it's someone I'm good friends with or I hang out with. Yeah. What we talk about within the consult is stays there. You treat that space as a sacred space. Yes, yeah. just as a doctor exactly. should. Yeah. Just as a doctor should. I treat it with the same care and respect. If my client wants to go off and tell the whole world what we talked about, hey, that's his or her baggage. They can do sure. it. They're, that, that's it's part of the story. contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's part of the contract, mm-hmm. you know. So that comes with clinical practice. But if you stopped in the herb shop and the village herbalist gave you your bag of herbs, there's no reason why he or she may not also potentially talk with someone else about, hey, I gave so-and-so this bag of herbs last week. Did you see them? Mm-hmm. Do you know if they're doing okay? Hmm. You know? Right. It, it's not the same. Yeah. You know, the, the confidentiality isn't inherent in that. Yeah. And I, I 
I know that that kind of confidentiality issue in clinical herbalism that I, I feel very comfortable in, it has influenced the way I socialize. Like when I'm in the grocery store, I wait until someone that I recognize says hello to me. That oh, way yeah. I'm not, because, you know, I'm 55 years old and this yeah. brain, <laughs> like, I know that person. I know what their deal is. Do I know them from clinic? Do I know them from? Where do I know them from? Crap. Yeah. So just if someone nods yes. to me, then yeah. if that if I'm recognizing someone as a patient, yeah, that's, I, I feel, I, I personally feel like that's violating that that space outside right. of the clinic space. So I'm very cautious. And yeah. if you see Sue, say hello and say, I yeah, know you from blah, blah, blah. It's interesting because I, I can honestly say I do not recall ever running into any doctors, nurses, or medical field people that I've seen as a patient mm -hmm. or my family has seen as a patient outside of the clinic. I mean, I'm sure they go to the same grocery stores. It's a small oh, yeah. town. Yeah. But I've just never happened to have run into any of them in that way. Yeah. So I have no actual personal experience with how a doctor or a nurse might handle such a thing. Yeah, it's pretty tricky. Yeah. I've gone, I've been doing what I'm doing for so long. I'll, I'm driving down and I see someone who was a patient right. and yeah. I'm like, oh, I wonder how his gallbladder is. You know, or You're like, right. I can't remember But you can't ask that question. Yeah, of course no, not. But I, no. I like to think, oh. That limp looks like it's getting a little better, you know, yeah. and I, I've got a car full of people not saying, but my little brain is clickety, click, 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 click. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so as a, as a general rule, I will always nod to people as I'm going mm -hmm. by them and yeah. just because whatever, it makes it, everyone gets a nod, everyone gets a smile, Yeah. but I'm not going to, not going to say anybody's name or yeah. do any more than, than standard recognition of another body coming by. So yeah. I don't want to violate that. And that's well, that's yeah. one of the curses of, of that kind of practice, the clinical herbalism practices there. There tends to be this bit of a wall there, mm -hmm. you know, but it's honoring yeah. what's sacred, like just like yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I found that. Oh, yes. Let's see. So what did Kylie uh, have to say to share? And um, well, and, and thank you, people that write in on our Facebook page, as well as the emails. Yeah, she wrote the, the, the same, thankfully, she wrote the same note in both places, which is really good. Yes. <laughs> really, really thankful. Yeah. So it, the, the piece I have in front of me says, great discussion on the podcast this week. And that was the one between Nicole and Candace and myself about license year we just talked about. I'm Show 172. 172, thank you. I'm still on team licensure. Going back to my letter last fall about bring a massage therapist being a massage therapist sorry in canada therapists start with 2000 hours 2000 they start out the gate with well over twice the education of us therapists and integrate much more easily in the medical field i just don't understand fighting basic standards i work in a medical building i have doctors as clients i wish i had a degree not a vocational cer certificate i have a law degree masters in finance a bachelor's but there is no degree option for massage therapists and our credibility is, will always be suspect. So I am still fully on the side of dramatically raising the bar and truly integrating manual and herbal therapies into Western medicine. Great discussion. Well, thank you for mm -hmm. that piece. Um, and that, you know, what she brings up uh, in that is that they, of course, several things, but one is that different countries work with they work differently. Herbal, herbalists differently. Yeah. 
And um, well, and the Canadian medical system is very different. From mm-hmm. the U.S. medical system, they have healthcare too. for all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which That's, is another thing we really, really need to yes. change. We need to have that too, obviously. Yes. Um, but having all of those hours of of practice and of education, and then you mm-hmm. have a certificate that isn't always honored, that has got to be frustrating. That would be very frustrating here. I yeah. Know that I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. I can see where that would be frustrating, mm-hmm. and and it is quite possible that within their system, within the system she's working in, that those the diversity of practice is much more. It's more likely to be respected, or there mm-hmm. is more diversity in practice potentially. Right. I don't can't pretend to know much about the Canadian yeah. healthcare system. Yeah. I know that one of the problems that we've, I think, I fear, will happen for herbalists or as part of the herbal field in America if we really try to integrate wholeheartedly into the current medical model we have is that mm-hmm. we will lose our diversity. Right. As doctors have lost a lot of their diversity of practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the challenges that, you know, health insurance has brought to the table for them um, because insurance will only pay for this or that. And, right. And then, yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, you know, you can speak know to the, the lack of diversity there. Sure. Uh, um, being a specialist, which is what herbalists are, mm-hmm. for us as specialists to work with a doctor, I can, I would, I in my head think about it the same way when they started putting dietitians into hospitals and nutritionists into hospitals, mm-hmm. what a big swing that was. Yeah. And I also am old enough that I recall when nurse practitioners were, quote unquote, invented in our system I think it was the 70s, 72 mm-hmm. maybe. And yeah. there were a lot of doctors that said, well, if we have nurse practitioner, nurse practitioners, they're going to kill people and blah, 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 blah. And it's and a threat to not. us as doctors. And, yeah. you know, what actually happened was then they discovered that people were getting better care because you don't need a doctor for every single condition. You know, right. the nurse practitioners in, in our office, when there's mm-hmm. something beyond their scope, then they say, oh, I need you to talk to the doctor for that. And then just bring over the doctor. It's fabulous. They can write prescriptions for lots of things, but they do have a certain limit. Right. And it's better, better Mm -hmm. care. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess what I was referring to when I was talking about diversity was that some doctors would prefer to spend an hour talking to their patient. Oh, yes, yes. Especially some if doctors, geriatrics. Some doctors would like to go to the patient's house Mm -hmm. or see them in a non- medical building setting. Yeah. You know, there's diversity. Some doctors would like to really actually integrate their own research and knowledge of plant or nutritional or other therapies as a part of their practice. Yep. They can't do any of those things, partly because it's not profitable, because Mm -hmm. the amount of um, fees and license all the fees and the expenses, the expenses of practicing medicine for them in this country are phenomenal. So it puts them in a position of not being able to keep up with, you know, they can't charge enough to do an hour long consult. They can't charge enough right. to cover all their expenses. It's not profitable. Yeah. Like it's not even break even. It's, it's, they have to pay the system to be allowed to practice medicine. Yeah. And that's not, you know, that, so the diversity of, practice has been really reduced and and to some extent eliminated. Mm -hmm. 
I know there's a lot of doctors that feel like they they went through college and got all of that education. They're just a prescription vending machine. Right. That's all they're doing. And yeah. for uh, a friend of mine who's a doctor, his specialty is geriatrics. He stopped working in the hospital he was working in here in town because he was given 15 minutes per patient and they're geriatric. It takes half of that is just getting a blood pressure and talking to people about what yeah. that means. He felt yeah. like he was practicing irresponsible medicine because of that relationship that their administration had with the insurance companies. Right. And it was toxic. Right. So he just, yeah. he moved on to doing a different type of care. Thank goodness. He's so, I have a lot of respect for him, obviously, right. and none of us want to be in that spot. So, Well, there are many doctors and nurses who completely have left the field or who yes. practice in a very alternative way and may not accept insurance because mm-hmm. insurance itself is a problem. Yes, it really you know? is. Yeah, it's supposed to be the leveling field and so that everyone's on the same level. And what it's turned into is the leveling field, so we're all leveled. You know, yeah. well, and it's only leveled for certain individuals. Right. I mean, even with the Affordable Care Act in America, we have not necessarily made it so that everybody gets equal treatment. That's for sure. In the doctor's office. That's is, for sure. You know, it, it really isn't working. Yeah. There are so many times I think, what am I doing here in America? I should be up in Canada or just, mm-hmm. you know, you name it somewhere right. where there is equal access. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, it's it's grisly. Yeah, so we are that I think that's the heart of the licensure question. It isn't really about whether we as herbalists should accept lower standards. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't accept lower standards. Absolutely. There not. should be a lot of basic standards there. Mm-hmm. What those are exactly is right now I think murky and I think right. in my opinion it comes back to we need established well-respected schools. Yes. Yes. And we've absolutely. got we've got the beginnings of those. But we really need those need they need a lot of support yep. to build into so we can rebuild or become have this the types of more uh, good schools that we had once had and a hundred years ago earlier <laughs> yeah. this year or in two thousand eighteen we were talking Candace mm-hmm. you and I were talking about some people in the herbal field that were not practicing wisely yes. that were being very disrespectful and yeah. were embarrassing. This, the herbal schools and the yes. kinds of things that we strongly believe in standards were very compromised mm-hmm. um, with a, a licensure or schools or some kind of accreditation of some kind, there would be something that people would have to answer to. Right. You know, right. anyone and there's all kinds of different ways of handling that. Mm-hmm. But right now we just, we don't have we don't have anything. No, no, we don't have we don't have anything yet. We yeah. have we have Facebook yeah. shaming. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> it's really sad. No, we need we need something. More. I mean, at least we got that, but that's yeah, not. A, but that's, that's not acceptable. That's either. torches and pitchforks. It's not always fact based. Right, right, and you know what is being shamed now? You know, you look back even as little as five or ten years ago. That was cutting edge mm-hmm. and it's it just hasn't you know, our field is growing so quickly. It really is. It, yeah. You can't really you can't say, oh, you know, you can't tell a five year old here you should be reading this Harry Potter book, but in two years that five year old will be able to right. potentially sure. you know, read the first you know what I mean? And that that's where we're at as a practice is we're growing, we're growing rapidly, which mm-hmm. is good to see. It's also a little scary because we don't have 
we don't have the structures in place yeah. to support the growth in a way that we know is safe. But right. then again, you know, growing up isn't safe. Yeah, breathing <laughs> the air isn't safe. Right? Breathing the water yeah. if you're from Flint isn't safe. Yes. But yeah, that. But because it's scary, it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Right. Um, another thing that um, Kenneth and I were talking before the show a little bit about hierarchy. And, yeah, yeah. And you how were... neither neither Candace or I, any listener already knows that, that neither <laughs> of us are interested in hierarchy. But you um, want to explain for the listeners what you were mean? Because when you first said hierarchy, I was like, what are you talking about? I've, I'm an older herbalist than you. And I, didn't, oh, I, I know that's not what right. you meant. So. I, may, I may not be using explain. a really good term for that. But what I have um, noticed several times, and it, it's on uh, both on the traditional herbalist side and on the, on, on the clinical herbalist side, um, the notion that one person, if they follow a certain structure, is a better herbalist than another person. person. Right. And that's really, I really bristle when I hear that kind of thing. And it's right. not just because people have put me down is saying, you're not following a traditional path, therefore you're not an actual herbalist. I mean, right. that's that's happened several times, but it's not just because of my personal reflection of it. I just don't think it's fair and I don't think it's accurate. No, it's not. It's not because you can end up with someone who might be really interested in science and chemical and chemicals, phytochemicals mm -hmm. and microbiology and all of that. Yep. And they're listening to the potential client saying, oh, these are my symptoms. This is what's going on. And that person might say, here's a formula. Mm -hmm. And they've got a ton of science behind why these herbs should potentially or could work. Right. And you can have a different herbalist hear the exact same thing, sit there. And that, that herbalist might be someone who has practiced Ayurvedic mm -hmm. and energy-based herbalism. Right. And that's that's they're steeped in that. And they've got the same number of years of experience, the same amount of um, clinical hours, the same number of hours of study and study under tutor or under um, experts, you know, more right. advanced herbalists and that sort of thing. And they're going to say, okay, here's, here's a formula. And I've got all this evidence that it should work mm -hmm. as well. It's just as evidence-based. It just isn't evidence framed in a, in a clinical study, but mm -hmm. it's still evidence and it's real. Mm -hmm. They're both giving evidence-based formulas they might even be the same formula. That's what I was they thinking. They probably yeah. won't be because any two herbalists, you could have two herbalists who have the like twins. Right. Who gain went through all the same systems and everything. They'll still come up with different plants. Yeah. And that's fine. And either of those two formulas may work really well. And in fact, half of one formula mixed with half of the other formula might be the golden even ticket better. for yeah. that client. Yeah. Because every person is different. Every situation is different. It's all different. Yeah. We're blessed with such a great diversity here in America. My my visitors to my clinic come from just this, a, a huge All spectrum. Over the place, yeah. You know, not just a lot of people are like, oh, it's a homeless clinic. And there are a lot of people, about 50% of the folks that come to our clinic, they that, are unhoused. Only 50%. Right. And, and it's a free only, clinic. So that's yeah. naturally. And we'll, there's a lot of people that are, they're working a couple of jobs and barely mm -hmm. able to keep food on the table and mm -hmm. for whatever reason they're housed they're just they're just they're right in that crack and then we have people that come through that are doctors and nurses mm -hmm. they come through and they'll volunteer and say hey sue 15 minutes after work can can you spend some time with me like absolutely yeah. my friend right that they've they've got yeah. they've got you know a high much higher income and and 
It's we a serve free everyone clinic, the same and way. you don't you don't have to fill out forms on your income to find it to get treatment. You just serve you get, you first get, come first serve right. at your clinic. I and mean, of course, or, uh, paperwork RS. Mm-hmm. We just love it. But, yeah, yeah. but there's lots of times when I've been running around under bridges, giving out my little emergency bags. Right. And right. I was like, oh, dude. Right. But you're, <laughs> I guess this and my, that. my point no was that, that at Occupy Medical, it's not about your income. Right. Your income's irrelevant and you don't necessarily have to say how much mm-hmm. money you do or don't make. You just walk in the door and say, I need help. I need help. And you deserve care. And that's, yeah. that's the deal. Exactly. And that, that kind of piece, I think, is that belongs in everybody's practice. Mm-hmm. And it's the way that you do things, as long as they are respectful, they are consistent. You're not showing prejudice from, um, oh, I will only treat women, not men, um, for urgent care situations or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not thinking of a good example, but I will only treat this this type of person because they belong to a certain class or, you know, that that hierarchical thing for patients as well as for um, working with folks, I, I, I feel like that it's balderdash. You've just got, you've just got to give care because care is needed. Yeah. And you do it to yeah. the best of your ability. Right. And I'm too damn shallow to really <laughs> do the, the kind of stuff that you do, Candace. Right. right. So you, you do your scope and I do my scope and oh, yeah. please let me learn something along the way. Right. That would be great. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things that comes up, that hierarchy question comes up partly because some people, some herbalists may feel threatened by different types of practice. Yep. I do know that when I hear people who are science-based herbalists talk about how theirs is evidence-based, mm-hmm. I really bristle because I'm like, you know, Tibetan herbalism has been around a lot longer than your scientific study. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's suggesting these herbs, some of which may may or may not have been studied, but they work Yeah, because there's ample evidence that they work. Mm-hmm. So it makes me angry. But at the same time, it doesn't mean the science-based formulas are bad. They're really good too. Sure. And I'm not against having scientific studies saying, hey, this is how Siberian ginseng appears to be working as an adaptogen in the yeah. system. I'm like, all right, great. Yeah. Now I've got more language to talk to my clients. Yeah, it's a it's a developing field. It's so, yeah. oh man, it feels so great to, for me when I read another study, I'm like, yes, that, okay, now that, let's, I read a study and I think about this one herb that they were talking about and then I think, wait this herb is related to it. So would mm-hmm. that mean, and then, yeah. you know, brain explosion on my part. And <laughs> exactly. So I think it's people, fun. I think people start to feel threatened when their style of herbalism is not the one that's being taught or being upheld as being the one. Yeah. There's so many styles. There really are. I mean, there really are so many styles and many of them are very good. Yep. There are many ways of teaching herbalism and learning and, just because some of them work better for me or for you or for the other guy mm-hmm. doesn't make any of those right or wrong. If the teaching works and the person, the student's getting the lessons mm-hmm. and then the student can go away and apply the lessons in real life, then it was the best way. Mm-hmm. There was no, it was a good path. Yep. You know? Yep. Absolutely. Don't need it all. All right. Well, we want to give a special thank you to Nicole Telkless for talking with us on show 172 that wonderful interview that that she bestowed upon us and um we also want to thank uh kylie putnam for putting her 
her notes in there and doing it in two different places, both the email and on Facebook, so that we sp paid special attention to that. And thanks for sharing her perspective and stirring this in this uh, podcast into action. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yes, and we also want to remind folks that we just had Firesider National Firesider Making Day, the Firesider campaign or uh, free fire cider has um, published their the trial date is yes, coming up in March and up. now is a really great time to send some donations their way if mm -hmm. you if you can if that's so. your if that's your Jiminy jam then that's yeah. one way of doing it yep so yeah but until, until then, then put in our bonnet. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.